That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Fobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Hello and welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor. I am flying solo today about one of my favorite topics. <laughs> it's about detoxification, but we're going to get into more, not just liver gallbladder, because y'all know that I my heart and passion lies with supporting gallbladder function, liver health, bioflow, getting rid of gallstones, saving the gallbladder, all that kind of stuff. But Today is more about our uh, drainage pathways, because I think a lot of people understand that the liver is a big part of detoxification, but they don't realize that there are so many other facets to how your body tries to get rid of garbage from the system to enable your body to continue to work as best as it possibly can under various circumstances, stressors, and pressures. But the reason I want to talk about this is that a lot of people want to do a detox. A lot of people come to me because they want to do parasite cleansing. They want to, they come to me because they have gut health issues. They come to me because they have these chronic degenerative diseases and nobody in modern medicine can figure it out. And they're like, I think I have stealth pathogens or I've never been well since this virus, or I've never been well since this accident, or I've never well, or things just to keep accumulating. And for me, I'm always like, well, why is your body not getting rid of the garbage? What is standing in the way from your body reacting to these insults, injuries, infections, stressors, the way they're supposed to. And we might do test, well, we will do testing to identify if there are pathogens, viruses, molds, mycotoxins, things like that. And then when people see that, they get very eager to want to address the microbe. But I'm looking at their whole picture and I'm thinking your lymph is probably clogged. You're not pooping properly. I'm concerned about gallstones. Oh, you have kidney stones. So your kidneys probably aren't flushing out the way they are supposed to, or something is led to some kind of stagnation to allow for a stone to form in the first place. And those are the things that you actually have to address first. And the reason I say this is because if we begin to put pressure on your detox pathways to get rid of garbage, residues, heavy metals, molds, mycotoxins, microbes, blah, 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 blah. But those particular pathways and drainage pathways are already burdened, already sluggish. How well do you think we're actually going to get to the end result that we actually desire? And if we're like, think of like, 
your car is stuck in park, but you're revving the engine. You're not going to get very far. And then you might exhaust your engine. You might do some other damage, but like, like we need to think about things this way. We also don't want to put more pressure on an area that's already stuck, stagnant, not working well, because it could actually lead to a secondary side effect, a secondary reaction. And sometimes people might have more pronounced quote unquote detox reactions or Herxmer reactions if their drainage pathways have not been dealt with first. So now you're creating a more uncomfortable situation to have to navigate through for the patient if we haven't addressed these particular areas of the body and how the body works first. Now we have various drainage pathways. Our mitochondria act as a drainage pathway. Our brain and our glymphatic system works as a drainage pathway. The glymphatic system is basically like the lymphatic system specifically to, to for the drainage of um, the cells of the brain. Um, your lymphatic system in your skin is part of your drainage and detox pathways. Our bile and biliary tree, our liver itself, our bowels, including... I would say beyond just the bowels, it's, it is primarily the colon when it comes to pooping every day for drainage, but that still does involve how well all of those, those digestive organs work together. So I would incorporate in that your stomach and your small intestines and the liver and the gallbladder and the pancreas, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, our lungs and breathing is a way for us to detox and it's part of our drainage pathways our kidneys. And I would also venture to say that as women, our, our menstrual cycles are also a part of our drainage pathways and our way to purge stuff. Like, um, so we have more than one and if they become stuck or they don't flow properly, or they're not dumping what they're supposed to be uh, accordingly, then that might actually be a big part of why you've begun to feel sick, why you feel chronically fatigued, why you feel stuck in your healing. And you might've been doing okay to a certain point and then you've plateaued. It may be because the drainage pathways were never properly addressed to begin with. Now, all of these pathways are meant to support our body's ability to get rid of garbage, to get rid of metabolic waste product. And metabolic waste product is even just the byproduct our cells make when they're going through metabolism, when they're um, using up fuels, there's always a byproduct. Just like you put gasoline in the car, there's an exhaust as a byproduct. We put food in our body, there's poop and pee as a byproduct. Same thing for our cells. So our body needs to purge that kind of stuff. It could be from toxic exposure. It could be from pathogens. It could be from a viral infection. It could be from unresolved trauma, like all the stuff, like your, your, your dead white blood cells, pus and, and things like that. They all has to be removed dead red blood cells, you know, uh, cancer cells that have been abnormally growing. And then your immune system kills them off. That needs to be flushed away. So our detox pathways and our drainage pathways serve a really important purpose. And our body is designed this way so that our body can continue to show up for us the way we want them to. However, in modern day society, I mean, like a lot of people are like, oh, the body detoxes itself. We don't have to worry about doing anything. And I beg to differ in a massive way. And I've mentioned this in previous podcasts. In current day society, your drainage pathways and your detox pathways could get sluggish, could get tired, could get blocked, could stop dropping the ball. And the reason for this is, you know, are you taking a bunch of medication? That's now a foreign substance chemically derived that your body now has to contend with. 
Um, this can also come from forever chemicals like PFAs, BPAs, all this gar endocrine disruptors in our beauty products and in the air fresheners and fragrance and perfume and this and that, all those things can be burdens on the body. Uh, persistent organic pollutants, even pathogens like Lyme's infections, H. pylori, stealth viruses, uh, parasites can drain your, uh, can block your drainage pathways. I know that parasites can sit in the valves of various parts of our organ systems, especially through the hollow tubings um, and the ducts and plug those ducts up. They are a big part of why your gallbladder ducts can get plugged up and stagnant and then lead to more stone formation and poor bioflow. They can also affect your pyloric sphincter and your ileocecal valves, which then cause issues with how your digestive system functions and how food flows and moves through your digestive system. Um, stagnant energy. So if we're thinking about Chinese medicine and TCM too, emotional burdens can also cause a stagnation of energy. In traditional Chinese medicine, things like anger and resentment will affect and weaken or or cause hiccups with how the liver functions. If we have fear and excessive work, especially excessive fear and a bit of worry that can affect our kidneys. If we are, have a difficult time emotionally, quote unquote, letting go, then that can also affect our colon and how it lets go. So energetic stagnation can also happen. If we talk about the Joe Dispenza philosophies where emotions are just energy in motion. And if you're not processing your emotions, if we're not processing our trauma, if we're not processing our stress, it can get stuck in the quote fascia, which follows quantum physics, uh, laws of quantum physics. And I've talked about this in a couple episodes uh, back, that kind of stuff can get stuck. Heavy metals from mercury fillings, aluminum cans, contaminated fish, um, that kind of stuff. Uh, trauma, which I already touched on, mold, think water damage in your buildings or, you know, poor, poor quality of pipes and the water you're drinking and stuff like that. Conventional foods have molds. A lot of coffee has mold in it. A lot of nuts and legumes have mold in them. Peanut is notoriously, um, a food product that contains molds and mycotoxins. Breast implants can cause stagnation. Root canals can cause drainage and stagnation. And in your teeth, each tooth opens up into a different traditional Chinese medicine meridian and can be connected to organ systems. I have literally seen how these things can be connected. It is wild when you start to understand how the body is connected and how an issue in one area of the body can be connected to an injury to a specific tooth. Like it's actually unbelievable. Um, laundry soaps, fragrances, like I said, corn syrup from our standard American diet, the chemical garbage in our standard American diet, the pesticide residues, the chemical residues, they don't just spray the young shoots. They now spray the full grown crops. So your consumption of like glyphosate and Roundup is astronomical in our day. This was not a standard practice 40 years ago. People didn't have these types of chemical burdens, food additives, colors, preservatives, all this stuff builds up. These exposures come in and if our bodies can't keep up with the demands, then our body might start to make mistakes. Our body might start to get fatigued with how it can keep up with these things. Our body might start to not just not be able to function optimally and drop the ball or get blocked or stagnant or completely just stop working, right? This is where we start to get sick. This is why I wanted to touch on the drainage pathways. And, you know, 
everyone needs a little bit of support in this right now. So I feel like it's actually a very important topic. And I wanted to touch on this really quickly. So if you're coming to work with me, or if you're coming to work with an naturopath and you want to do detox protocols, we're going to have to make sure a whole bunch of other stuff is prepared to enable effective detoxification. So let's quickly touch on a few things. So your mitochondrial drainage pathways, your mitochondria are these little organelles inside every single cell in our body, and they are responsible for making energy or what we know as ATP, which is our energy currency of our cells. But they have other functions, including playing a really significant role in the immune system. So if your body is constantly contending with toxins and stealth pathogens and microbes and mold, then your mitochondria might be more focused on the immune activity as to support and therefore less able to keep up with the demands of ATP production. And if you can't make ATP, which is the energy source of your soul, of, of your cells, then there might be more of a fatigued state bring, coming in. This might start to show up as um, feeling heaviness, feeling like you're stuck and you 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 just can't get the get up and go to take on standard tasks throughout the day. It might be more difficult getting out of bed. You might have pins and needles in the extremities. You might have extreme fatigue and brain fog, and you might feel more frustrated by your inability to like enact like cognitive function because you just feel sluggish and heavy and burdened. It might be difficult to get off the couch. This might be because you have all this garbage affecting how your mitochondria work. So they're preoccupied with all the extra garbage and not making your fuel for your cells to produce energy. Our brain or our lymphatic system is also a drainage pathway. And we need to, just like every other cell in the body, we make metabolites. So do your brain cells. There needs to be a house cleaning system in order to do this. And our glymphatic system is a part of that. And our glymphatic system, while we sleep, especially drains the interstitial fluid surrounding our cells, so all the extracellular fluid, and exchanges it in our cerebrospinal fluid. And then that gets dumped into our cervical lymph nodes. So our lymph nodes in our in in uh, the neck and in in the back of the head area by our cervical spine, so that that can then be put into the lymphatic system, so that it can then be more effectively drained. Apparently, the effect of the lymphatic system for the brain is most enhanced during REM sleeps. So this is another reason why getting good quality sleep is really important and. Um, things to support this particular drainage pathway would be to get a good restful sleep. So optimizing your sleep-wake cycles, your routine before bed, um, getting off your blue light devices, things like that to optimize sleep quality. Um, it might be even worth getting, say, cranial sacral therapy or osteopathic care, which I'm a huge advocate for, had a neck massages to help drain things there. Those can be very substantial for helping your glymphatic system begin to drain more effectively. And then our lymphatic system, I like to think of this as like our sewer system for the whole body. Like I said before, when your cells make metabolic waste product, it needs to get removed. When your body fights an infection and there's a whole bunch of like dead microbes, dead white blood cells, mucus, pus, whatever, 
it all has to be cleared out of the system. When you have an injury and there's inflammation and there's a swelling, eventually that swelling has to be cleared out of the system. If you have any kind of toxic debris um, or toxic residues, that has to be cleared out on a cellular level. This is part of our lymphatic system. And our lymphatic system has various moving parts. It includes our spleen. It includes our thymus. It includes our adenoids or our tonsils um, up in our throat area. It includes our malt and our gut. And our MALT stands for uh, mucosal-associated lymphoid tissue, and our GALT stands for our um, gut-associated lymphatic tissue. And these are specific to our digestive system so that they can work on our behalf to not allow pathogens that have come in through our food to begin to sequester themselves deeper into our system. So we have this very specific layer on the surface of our intestinal lining and our and our digestive lining to act in our defense. It's part of our bone. Our bone marrow is part of our lymphatic system. Our pyrus patches and our gut are part of our lymphatic system. Our lymph nodes, we have this huge lymphatic network throughout our system. Our appendix is also part of our lymphatic system. It is a lymphoid tissue, which is why I also don't love it getting removed. Nobody actually addresses why it got inflamed in the first place when, when it, we seem to have like a appendix issue. Anyways, um, the lymphatic system is also uh, an important player when it comes to like cytokine regulation, which has to do with inflammation, with hormone communication, with disposing of pathogens, which helping with pH and electrolyte balance, with emotional regulation, and it plays a vital part of our immune system. So in addition to detoxification, look how many other features your lymphatic system needs. And when we have an exhaustive amount of garbage to move. This might get burdened. Now, signs that your lymphatic system, um, and I would also say the skin, because your skin is an organ of elimination, but it's probably going to be most affected if your lymph is not clearing the cells on a full body level, your skin might start to show signs of um, drainage dysfunction. That might be one of your key telltale signs that your lymph system needs some support. So, some things to look out for is possibly cellulite, uh, adhesions, eczema or rashes in general, edema, swelling, and inability to sweat is a really con uh, interesting one that's connected to the lymph system. And also an inability to sweat can also be partly due to mitochondrial dysfunction as well. And sweating is a really important our body, a really important way for our body to detoxify. So we want to improve our body's ability to sweat and detox through our skin, through our lymph and help get rid of garbage. Um, so if we are suspicious of this, there are some things that can be done outside of like naturopathic care and getting specific remedies, um, but like saunas, exercising, dry skin brushing, getting your fascia worked on, lymph drainage and lymph massage. I have a colleague of my name, Cassandra in Toronto, that does lymphatic uh, massage and drainage and... Uh, it's a, it can be a game changer for a lot of people. Gua sha is helpful. Rebounding is helpful. Cold plunges can be helpful. This can all help with your lymphatic system. Now, we have our liver and we also have our gallbladder, including our bile and our biliary tree. And the liver has like so many jobs. It's beyond just a master detoxifier, although it is such an important part of our body's ability to break down waste, 
toxins, metabolic waste product, et cetera, and turn it into something that can then be safely excreted out of the body. A hundred percent, it's renowned for that, but it has so many other functions. So when again, your body is overwhelmed by things and your liver has an exhaustive amount of work to do, I don't know about you, but when I have a million things to multitask on, I often make mistakes on on some of those on some of those tasks. So think about this for the liver. We want to show it some love. We want to take the pressure off of it as best as possible. And our liver, like it plays a role in regulating our blood sugar. It plays a role in making our, well, it makes our cholesterol. Um, it is a master master detoxifier, and it also makes our bile. And that our bile, as I've talked about in our previous episodes, is how these toxic waste products and debris and the metabolites then get excreted from our body as the bile gets dumped into intestines. The bile has a twofold role, one to dump those toxins into the intestine so that it can get mixed with our fecal matter and excreted out of our body with our bowel movements, but also the bile is for helping you digest your fats from anything that, um, from food related, uh, I just lost my turn of thought from any fats in our food. So this is how we primarily get rid of most of our garbage. So it is important to ensure that not just the liver is happy, but that your gallbladder is working for you so that it can squeeze bile effectively when it's time to squeeze that bile out into the intestines and that your bile is a bile is of good quality and good consistency and it's not stagnant. And as I talked about earlier in the episode, parasites can hide in your bile ducts and block cause blockages, which then create stagnation. When you have stagnation, we have more growth. We have more hardening. We have more formation of stuff. So maybe more sludge, maybe more stones, things like that. There are some signs that you might be able to identify that your liver and gallbladder and your bile uh, or bile ducts, are. there's a inefficiency happening there. I would say if you take any kind of digestive bitters or digestive enzymes and it actually makes you more nauseated or you feel worse from that, that could be a sign that the bile ducts or the quality of bile um, and or, or possibly a sign of gallstones um, is present. Hivey or itchy skin. That's a big one. And this is what I started seeing a lot more of that made me start to think about the gallbladder. And that's what kind of led me into the path of <clears throat> helping support gallbladder health more. <clears throat> and digested food in the stools. I would also say that's part of the stomach acid, but this can also be gallbladder uh, related, incomplete bowel movements or evacuations. Um, if you have pain in the upper right quadrant of your of your abdomen, like right underneath the rib cage, or it could refer back to your back shoulder blade, any kind of un, un, um, nausea that you can't really trace back to anything specific bloating, digestive issues, heartburn, jaundice, if it's really severe, floating poops can be a sign of uh, bile issues and fat, poor fat metabolism or fat digestion, but also the color of your poops. If you tend to have lighter poops, if it starts to get more yellowy, more gray, that's a real big sign that you have a blocked duct. Now, there are various things that we can do to support your liver, uh, so your gallbladder and your bile, but I would say it's best to work with someone to do this correctly. But I will say you need to be well hydrated in order for your bile to float. You need to make sure you have your electrolytes and salts and mineral salts to make sure your bile flows. Um, you need to chew your food well to optimize digestion because we don't, we can't forget your liver and gallbladder and your bile are a part of digestive function. And if the liver um, is anger and resentment, and that's what makes bile, 
you know, what's your emotional state when you're eating? What is your emotional state in general? Your gallbladder has to do with courage and decision-making. Do you find that you ruminate over decisions and you have a hard time making decisions and you don't have the courage to, to do the things that are required of you, then that might be subjecting your gallbladder to be more weakened based on traditional Chinese medicine. Castor oil packs is a really great thing to put in that upper right quadrant liver area to begin to improve blood flow, break down scar tissue adhesions, and allow things to just flow more effectively in that area. Beyond that, it's best to work with a naturopath to get more specifics on how to support this. And then again, going back to the liver, I mean, the amount of times I see like, oh, you just have a little fatty liver. Oh, your liver enzymes are a little bit up. Oh, it's just this. Oh, it's just this. It's wild. But we need to give our liver a break. It's dealing with a lot. And a lot of people are dealing with poorly regulated blood sugar and type two diabetes and that extra sugar that doesn't get taken up into your cells then is now shunted to the liver. And now the liver is responsible for that. And then this now puts another burden on the liver aside from chemical residues, aside from toxins, poorly regulated blood sugar does put pressure on the liver. So this is where your dietary habits and stuff can start to make some shifts for, for this. Now, um, Symptoms that your liver is a little bit off could even be uh, digestive issues, yes, but I would say sinus problems, dullness in the eyes. If you get a lot of headaches and migraines, they tend to be behind the eyes or in the forehead area. That could also be a liver issue. Um, Issues with your menstrual cycles because your liver processes all your hormones. You need to address the liver when, when addressing your hormones itchy skin and inability to tolerate caffeine or alcohol very well. If you have wicked hangovers to very little alcohol, that might be a liver sign. Uh, An inability to fast or skip meals because of its effect on regulating blood sugar and helping with blood sugar regulation. Um, Or if you get really irritable when when you're hungry too, irritability and anger are connected to the liver. So I would say going back to things like castor oil packs to that area, um, there are various herbs and things that you can take, uh, coffee enemas, liver gallbladder flushes. But again, please work with someone who understands that to help facilitate you through those processes because they are intense and you need to make sure that you're doing it correctly. Now, your bowels are also a huge part of your drainage pathways. And I hope that this is obvious because if you can't poop, you're not getting rid of garbage. Like it's kind of a big deal, but it's not even just if you're constipated, if you have diarrhea, then that means that this area is not healthy, which means it's not going to be working the way you want it to. If it's chronically inflamed, if it's chronically being irritated, it's not going to work as effectively as it should be to enable detoxification. So constipation or diarrhea, both are a sign that this drainage pathway is not working well. And I don't think of the traditional medical definition of constipation as constipated. Yes, that's severely constipated, but if you're not pooping regularly, at least once to twice a day, I would say you're still constipated, especially if you're not even pooping once a day. If you skip one day, or if you feel like you always have to strain and they come up like little hard nuggets, that's still constipation. I think what they say in the medical world is, uh, you're only constant. You're only pooping once to twice a week or something like that. 
That's severe. We should not be waiting until it gets to that point to want to address it. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, if you have an issue with this drainage pathway, you probably already know because of the digestive issues that you're having. Um, but I would also say that mood disorders are also often very much connected to an inflamed GI tract intestinally because a lot of our neurotransmitters are produced in our intestinal tract. So if you feel like you suffer from anxiety or depression, it might also be because of the inflammation in that area or dysbiosis or microbiome issues happening there. If you're often bloaty or gassy, if you have reflux, um, if you have hemorrhoids or anal fissures, this is also just signs and symptoms that this drainage pathway are not happy. Um, I often recommend a good quality magnesium for this, making sure that you're well hydrated with good quality water, um, fibers, psylliums, exercise, movement is important for this. And then beyond that, it starts to become more specific with supplements, herbs, um, maybe colonics, maybe enemas, things like that to get things moving. And again, you want to work with somebody who knows what they're doing in order to help you work through that process. Your lungs are a huge part of your drainage pathways as well, because just like every time we eat, we are exposed to possible issues, toxins, irritants. Every time we breathe, there's a lot of air pollution right now. We've all been contending with these wild forest fires everywhere. Everybody's breathing in more ox, um, ox reactive oxygen species and carcinogens and things like that through, through the air. So our lungs play a really important part with filtration to ensure that our body doesn't get exposed to us as much garbage, but it also helps us detox as well, which is pretty awesome. We have built in ways to help support this, like sneezing, coughing, mucus buildup to help us defend ourselves against irritants and um, anything that's come in that's foreign to help us expectorate and get rid of this from our system. Um, the traditional Chinese medicine, our lungs are connected to grief and sadness as well. So if you find that you're getting sick around the same time every year when you've lost a loved one, um, that might also be that you still have some unresolved grief when it comes to the passing of this particular person. Um, some ways that you might notice that uh, you have some lung issues, you might notice that you have trouble breathing um, or you can't do a big belly breath or you're a more shallow breather. That's a big one with a lot of people who are constantly in a state of stress. A lot of people are shallow breathing just in general. Um, if you get chronic respiratory issues and infections like pneumonias and uh, bronchitis and, and uh, upper respiratory tract infections, maybe you have asthma attacks. If you're wheezing often, if you find that it's hard to cough things up after a cold, um, if you have a hard time breathing through your nose, that's a big deal. Uh, if you get really frequent colds and flus, if you have sleep apnea, like all of these could be signs that your lungs are not, this drainage pathway is not working to its optimum uh, in, in order to support your body's needs. That's a big deal. So I think some simple things is like doing neti pots, clearing out the nasal passages of any irritants and things just to make sure that they can continue to do the filtration that they need to do effectively. Breath work is really great. Deep breathing. Maybe you do some Wim Hof stuff. Maybe you take uh, breath work classes. Um, 
belly breathing is really good. Box breathing is really good. Resolve any kind of try to work through some traumas that might be unresolved still. That's a big deal. Aromatherapy or steam inhalation with like certain essential oils like eucalyptus and thyme and rosemary uh, or oregano, that could be really great. Cupping can be helpful and acupuncture can be very helpful with a, with a practitioner. Um, beyond that, I would say look into working with someone and maybe get a really good quality air filter that not, not just has HEPA filtration, but also a carbon or charcoal filter so that it can get the VOCs and everything from our indoor air pollution that we're often quite exposed to. Now, your kidneys and your urinary tract are another detox pathway. And I believe that this is the last one I'll be talking about. Yes. Uh, this is the last pathway. Um, the kidneys are very complex and they have to be tightly regulated with their, with their pH. They also help us make our red blood cells and our, our hematopoiesis. Um, and we need to make sure that we have specific minerals to improve filtration, like sodium, calcium, phosphorus, potassium. We need to make sure we're well hydrated to ensure that the kidneys continue to function well. Um, so we want to make sure that this is supported it also affects our blood pressure. It helps make our red blood cells. It also has an effect on our bones. So we want to make sure that this is supported properly in traditional Chinese medicine. Like I said earlier in the podcast, this can be related to anxiety or fear, and this can weaken the kidneys. This is, I, I, I see this often with anxious people who are waking up in the middle of the night. It's a stress response that wakes you up, but it's funny that it often triggers the need to pee as well. And it's probably, it's because your adrenal glands sit on top of your kidneys. And if you have a lot of stress, which anxiety can induce, then your kidneys are going to be affected also by the adrenal response because the adrenals literally sit on top of your kidneys. So if your urinary system is stressed out, you might have some electrolyte imbalances. You might have frequent urination or drastically reduced urination. There might be signs of dehydration. Your urine might be dark. There might be bubbling because there's protein in the urine. Um, you might have some vertigo issues or dizziness. You might pass out. There might be some water retention and edema. That can also be related to lymphatic stuff too. I find that there tends to be a puffiness when people have lymphatic congestion. There could be some chronic fatigue. You might have blood pressure issues. Like if you stand up too quickly, you get a little dizzy. Your blood pressure might be too high. Your blood pressure might be too low if there's some kidney issues as well. Um, I think simple things to begin to address this is get a good water filtration. Um, water is such an interesting topic right now. Some people really insist on reverse osmosis, but then I feel like it creates like almost like a dead water and water is still supposed to have a vitality and a life force to it. So other people recommend structured water and hydrogen water where you can actually change the pH based on hydrogen or spring water uh, inside of our body. It's structured water. So if you can access something that also structures your water, I feel like that will probably be in your best interest, but I am not an expert in that topic. Um, making sure you're getting like, natural full spectrum mineral salts with electrolytes. I often recommend a specific type of drink for my clients every morning. Um, make sure to get potassium, lemon juice, and apple cider vinegar in the morning can also support your kidney functions. Just staying well hydrated, eating hydrating foods like watermelon, pomegranates, things like that. Um, trying to avoid any kind of pesticide residues or chemical residues on your animal products or in food in general will also take the burden off of most of your detox pathways. 
Um, and then beyond that, I would say it would become much more case by case specific with regards to remedies or diuretics or herbs, nutrients, et cetera. So these are our drainage pathways. Uh, in addition to your menstrual cycles for women as like a little bonus, but your kidneys and your urinary system is a drainage pathway. Your lungs is a drainage pathway in breathing. Your bowels and your digestive system is part of our drainage pathways. Our liver is part of our drainage pathways. Our gallbladder and the quality of our bile and bile flow is an important part of our drainage pathways. Our lymphatic system is such a vital and under rated part of our drainage pathways and just in healthcare in general. Um, a lot of people just don't give enough weight to the lymphatic system. And it's such a big deal. Um, our brain and our glymphatic system is part of our drainage pathways and our mitochondria as well. So if you feel like you've plateaued with your health, if you feel like you're getting progress and then things just kind of went to a halt, if you are suspicious about parasites or microbes or SIBO or, or stealth viruses or mold or Lyme's disease, you need to treat the drainage pathways first. If you have itchy skin or any kind of rashes, drainage pathways, right? If you have chronic fatigue, probably drainage pathways. So this is why this is such an important area. And I find it's often not addressed correctly. And I, I will admit that I probably didn't do this for a very large part of my naturopathic career until maybe like four or five years ago when I started giving more weight to this. And three years ago when I started really leaning into um, liver gallbladder flushes, but I'd always been a fan of supporting the lymphatic system back in the day. I just don't know if I implemented it enough. So, you know, it does require the right step at the right time to heal and jumping too many steps ahead can cause secondary consequences or reactions and side effects. So you need to start with the right things. If someone's not pooping when they come to my office and they're not sleeping well, that's my priority. It doesn't matter about the rest of the garbage that's happening. But if you're not sleeping, you're not pooping, you're not drinking enough water, you're not eating properly, then all these all these particular drainage pathways are going to suffer more. So I always prioritize what's going to enable the body to begin to eliminate more effectively. And I always think of your bowels as like a bottlenecking effect because everything else depends on you being able to eliminate from your bowels and your kidneys. Because we like the lymphatic system, it still ends up having to dump things to the liver eventually. The liver has to process it, dumps it to the intestines or into the blood vessels to go to the kidneys and your liver and your bowels, your kidneys still have to get rid of it. Your lymphatic system follows the same chain. Your mitochondria is going to dump things and then the lymph is going to clean it up, follows the same chain. Your liver processes stuff, follows the same chain. So at the end of the day, you need to get your digestion healthy. You need to be pooping healthy. That's part of why my focus is in digestive health because it's such a cornerstone for optimizing the health of the rest of the body. So I hope that this was a useful insight into supporting your system, supporting your drainage pathways, what they actually are. Cause a lot of people hear those words, but don't really know what it means and why it's important to begin to support this first before moving to the deeper detoxing, the deeper pathogens, the, all the extra other garbage that needs to be shifted through the system. You need to make sure that the pathway is clear to be able to get rid of all that stuff. So drainage pathways, drainage pathways, drainage pathways. Hope you guys are having a wonderful day and I will uh, touch base with you guys next week with another episode. Enjoy.